let me give you some thoughts about thoughts. It's season four on Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season four on Pushback. Uh, you know, every year I pray about whether I should keep doing this for another year, and I just feel like there's more to say. And uh, I really feel uh, motivated to continue uh, with this, I believe, culturally relevant podcast. And I so appreciate your support and tuning in each and every week. And I will continue to do this until the Lord tells me otherwise, um, because I have a lot of fun doing it. It's a good outlet for me, for sure. But I really believe that the Lord has called me to be a cultural reformist. And if I can actually use a better term, uh, really a cultural restorist, probably not a real word, but a cultural restorist because his culture was the original culture. And if we walk away from his culture or turn away from his plan, um, Jesus actually came to bring restoration to the father's original plan. And so to find his culture, to find his heart, which is what I'm going to talk about today in this podcast, you really need to be a cultural restorist. That's what I feel like I'm called to do. And my qualification for doing this podcast now into my fourth season uh, is not because I'm a physician or a minister or uh, super smart or any of those things. That's not really the case. <laughs> it's because I'm a son, a loved son of the Most High God. And my identity is in him. He tells me what to say and I listen to his voice. And that's really all there is to it. And as long as he continues to encourage me to do this, um, that's what I want to be. Certainly not because I'm smart. <laughs> that's not the case. And sometimes my perspectives are wrong. And sometimes uh, I get fired up and, and bent out of shape about things. And he lovingly brings me back and, and gives me the insight that he wants to share week to week. And I want you to know that as I deliver these podcasts, that they really are spirit inspired. Uh, this is not off of my head. I really go before the Lord every week and ask him what he wants to talk about through me in this podcast. And I've had a, an interesting week this week and um, because I, I see things from a cultural standpoint. That's what he has given me as a mantle. And I remember, and I think I've shared this before, but you know, when the Roman Empire conquered lands and territories, they, um, they figured out that it was easier to conquer the territory than it was to hold the territory. And as their empire grew, it became harder and more difficult for them to maintain their quote-unquote grip on uh, the society now that is considered to be Roman. And they realized that in order to, to 
um, secure the hearts of the people, even the conquered people. They needed to make the culture Roman. So they not only would militaristically take territory, they would transform the territory into Roman culture. And once they were able to do that, then the people that they just conquered then would see themselves as Roman and part of the empire. And so their strategy in doing this would actually be to send cultural reformers into the territories that were conquered. And so they would send poets and architects and scholars and, and people who created the cultural musicians, cultural aspects of Roman culture, and they would send that, they would send them into the conquered territories. And those people, the people that were sent to transform culture had a name. And the name they were called were apostles. It's interesting, isn't it? So when Jesus comes around and says, you will be my apostles here on this earth, he is referring to the kingdom that he represents, the kingdom and the culture of heaven itself. And he would that intend for us to not hide from culture, not scurry away from culture, not resist culture, but to actually set culture that we would actually be ambassadorial agents that would actually move into these regions and represent the culture of heaven here on this earth. So I look at things with an apostolic perspective, a cultural perspective, because I see myself as a cultural restorist, a cultural reformist here on this earth. And I see myself as an ambassador of heaven. And I want, I want that you would see yourself that way as well. That's the heartbeat of this podcast is to give you information, knowledge, um, dialogue, um, ammunition, uh, the things that come from heaven that we would be so secure in who we are that we would be unafraid to enter into all aspects of culture and, and bring transformation and restoration to those areas. So it's interesting, on Monday night, I was on call of, uh, at the emergency room, and I had a few minutes break, and so I decided to go in and catch the score of the Monday night football game, which was in its first quarter. And if, and if you'd been paying attention to the news over the last 48 hours, it was a very unusual game when tragedy struck. Um, there was a young man named Damar Hamlin, who was a safety for the Buffalo Bills, uh, who was playing, and he tackled uh, the receiver from the Cincinnati Bengals and took a percussion basically to his chest. And he got up from the hit, and then literally seconds later, collapsed, completely unconscious, in cardiac arrest. Let me just put my medical hat on for a second and explain to you most likely what happened um, because it's a very rare occurrence that can happen, especially to young athletes. The term is uh, commotiocardis is the term, commotiocardis, and it refers to sudden arrhythmic 
death or cardiac arrest that's caused by a low to mid chest wall impact. It's seen mostly in athletes and who are partaking, usually we see it in those who are partaking in sports with projectiles such as baseball, hockey pucks, lacrosse balls, things like that, and they take a blow to the chest. Now to show or to demonstrate how extremely rare this is, if you're familiar with the line of an EKG, um, the blow has to be in a precordial area, which is sort of the, the anterior front portion of the heart. It has to be exactly in that spot. And it has to happen right during what's called a repolarization phase of the T wave. That's not information you need to know, but bottom line is it's a microsecond, micro of a second area during the electrical phase of the beat of a heart that that impact has to happen right at then that will actually send you into what's called ventricular fibrillation, which is a pulseless rhythm. And so that's exactly, most likely, I guess it hasn't been confirmed, but this is what we are assuming as medical professionals happened to DeMar Hamlin. He took a blow to the chest and in this very rare form sent him into cardiac arrest and an arrhythmia. And the medical staff apparently immediately attended to him and, and uh, did defibrillate his heart quite quickly. I heard that it only took one shock to get his normal heart rate back. Um, I'm sure he was intubated at the time and sedated. And at the time of this podcast, he is still on ICU, still on a ventilator. Um, but the report I heard this morning is that they were starting to be able to wean the ventilator, which is a pretty good sign um, that he is alive and uh, they wouldn't call him stable at this point, but perhaps improving. So this was the interesting thing is, as I turned into the analysis, obviously this caught my attention medically, caught my attention personally, and seeing the reactions of the other players and the and the horrified looks on their faces as they're watching their fellow teammate being resuscitated on the football field, which barely ever happens. It never gets that, as far as most analysts would say, they had never seen anything like this. It's so rare and unusual. And so to see their faces and their concern and, and their obvious worry that this was, this was more than just a physical injury, this was a life-threatening cardiac arrest that took place. And so the coaches got together and, of course, the, the traumatic, horrific event that just took place, there was no way they were going to continue with the football game. The, the game was postponed. Fans were sent home. Um, and of course, they kicked it back to the studio uh, on ESPN to sort of analyze and sort of uh, try to make any sense about what happened. And this podcast may sound, sound just a titch critical. And I don't want to be that way at all. I just want you to hear my heart in this because I really feel for the analysts because all of a sudden they were expecting just to analyze a football game, a fairly meaningful football game against two really good teams. And instead, just halfway through the first quarter, it's kicked back to them to sort of fill the air with conversation after this horrific event that took place. And so they were sort of hemming and hawing and obviously reiterating that this is all about DeMar Hamlin, not about football and about him and his family. And, um, and there was really nothing else to say. And so my heart goes out to these analysts because they could just say that 
that they didn't they didn't know what happened. They don't know what was happening in real time. They couldn't really analyze the injury. They they all all they knew is the game was over and everyone was in shock. But the repeated phrase that was noticeable to me, because again, I look at things from an apostolic perspective, from a cultural perspective, so bear with me, is that people would say over and over again, as I listened over the subsequent one to three hours when I was in and out um, watching TV, is our thoughts are with Damar Hamlin and his family. My thoughts are with Damar. Our thoughts are with him. Occasionally, it would be our thoughts and prayers are with him. And it's a perfectly reasonable thing to say. And especially when you don't know what's happening. And, and, and yet there was something inside of me that felt a certain sadness that I would like to share with you in this podcast. The sadness of the idea that we would send thoughts to someone who is facing death, who's facing tragedy, who's facing trauma, Thoughts and prayers, thoughts, sending my thoughts. I feel like when we are representative of heaven itself, that I believe that we can do good, like say, hey, my thoughts and prayers are with you. That's good. That's not bad. But my friends, I would submit to you that it's just not good enough. We are actually the ones who are supposed to impact and shape culture when things like this happen. That we are actually activated to impact culture in these moments. Thoughts? Well, thoughts are fine, but I feel like we can do better than thoughts. (laughs) This is my thought about thoughts. Thought is a soulish is a soulish capacity. We're thinking about somebody. Well, my friends, not to be, you know, irreverent about this, but, you know, I think about what I'm going to eat for lunch today. I think about my bank account. I think about a lot of things in my soul. My soul thinks about things in my every single day. That night, were my thoughts on Damar Hamlin? Absolutely. My thoughts were there. But what does a thought do? A thought when you are disconnected from the spirit of God in heaven is maybe the highest form that you can do is I'm going to express my soul to you, my feelings to you. My friends, that is an inferior way of living. It's an inferior calling when all we do is say, well, I'm thinking about you. That's just saying, all I really have for you my highest level of empathy and and reaching out to you is my soul. But my friends, if we are who we say we are, then we are crucified with Christ. And therefore we, which is our soul and our body, our flesh, no longer live. But Christ who lives within me. We are actually, we are actually possessed by Christ, and we are resurrected in spirit in him. We are born again. Can we enter into our mother's womb twice? Jesus says, no, that which is flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. 
And so we are resurrected as spirit. And, and, and it's through the spirit of heaven. It's through the spirit that he's given us and empowered us that we actually move in situations like this, where we actually tap in and pull heaven to earth to actually change and impact our circumstances. It's that big of a deal. And by the time the 50th person said, my thoughts are with Damar Hamlin, I started to feel a sadness saying, is this really all we have? Is this how we respond? Yeah, the Buffalo Bills did, did kneel and pray for him on the field and that was inspiring and that was good. But are they actually connecting and tapping into heaven itself? Do they know that they can? Well, one formal former NFL quarterback knew that he could. His name is Dan Orlovsky, Orlovsky, and he was a former quarterback for the um, Detroit Lions and now an ESPN analyst. And he came on um, as another um, analyst to try to try to make sense of all of these things, all of these things that he was seeing and hearing. And this is what he said, and I'm going to quote him directly. He said, the phrase thoughts and prayers have been spoken, texted, and tweeted countless times since DeMar Hamlin went into cardiac arrest on Monday Night Football. As Hamlin remains in critical condition, Dan Orvlosky said a prayer for the Buffalo Bills safety during Tuesday's edition of NFL Live. So this is live on TV during NFL Live as an analyst. And he said, even though thoughts and prayers have been spoken, texted, and tweeted countless times, he said, I actually want to pray. And he stopped the, the, the program and he began to pray. And this is what he said. God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, because we believe that you're God. And coming to you and praying to you has impact. We're sad, we're angry, and we want answers, but some things aren't answerable. We just want to pray. Truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give him peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. Dan Arvlosky is a man who realized that thoughts just isn't good enough. Not when you're part of this kingdom, which clearly he is. And he actually connects and taps into heaven on national TV on behalf of Damar because that is what he is called to do. That is what each of us are called to do, empowered to do, strengthened to do. He said, we believe that you're God and coming to you and praying to you has impact. We believe that your God and coming to you and praying to you has impact. I looked up the word impact. The action of one object coming forcibly into contact with another have a strong effect on someone or something. My friends, we are called, we are here on this earth to have impact. Heavenly impact. It says in the Bible, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcibly, forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. Force, forcibly, to come in contact forcibly with something 
means to have impact. From the days of John the Baptist until now, my friends, that is now. (laughs) The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. Or substituting the word, the kingdom of heaven has been impactfully advancing and impactful men lay hold of it. Because that's what the word impact means. Dan Orlovsky stepped into time and took his role in his place as a son. And as sons and daughters, that is our calling as well to make impact on this world. Now, please hear me. I am not criticizing those who say my thoughts are with you or my prayers are with you. It's not, it's not a criticism, but I'm just saying it's not quite good enough. We are actually supposed to be injected into history, into time. And that is my heart. And that is my motivation of this podcast is that we would all be empowered and strengthened and the realization of who we are as loved sons and daughters to impact culture, to impact the world, to even impact the life of Damar Hamlin. He doesn't know me. I don't know him. But I know that I can actually access heaven and actually tap into the culture of heaven and forcefully bring it into our situations. And that's true for you. In this new year, I want the blinders to be removed off of our eyes. I don't want us to become complacent. And I don't want the culture of this world to dull us, to to limit us, to say, well, that's just not how it's done anymore. My friends, when when the first apostolic church was was moving on this earth, you know, it says that Paul's shadow, as he walked by people, would actually bring healing. I mean, think about that. It wasn't even, he, he didn't even intend. He wasn't laying hands on people. He didn't call a service. He wasn't using social media. He was just living life, but, but the kingdom was so working through him in such an apostolic way that he was transforming culture just walking down the street. The Spirit of God was moving so powerfully in the early church that that tongues, interpretations of tongues and prophecies were so rampant in the church that Paul felt the need to actually put constraint on them. But the culture looks at that and say, well, the constraint means today that we don't operate in those gifts or in the Spirit anymore. It's a misinterpretation. It's allowing the current culture that we see to actually define who we are and what we were called to. The apostolic church in the book of Acts is ours today and then some. Everything Jesus did, we we are to do in even greater measure, he said. That's our calling. Do we believe it? Do we believe that we can actually bring impact? Do we believe that we can even taste the culture that was present in that early apostolic church? Well, my friends, we are still apostles today. We are still called to to go to territories and transform them into the image of heaven itself. That's what we're called to do. We are the ones to do it. If we don't do it, no one will do it. And the worldly culture is not in charge. The worldly culture is actually conquered by the love of Jesus. And now we get to move in as his culture bearers, as his ambassadors and as as his apostles to move in and actually transform culture. 
It's my heart. It's my heart for you. It's my heart for my family. And I will not be moved. And I will not be complacent. And I will not compromise. I want to close with this quote by Graham Cook. He said, God has not called us to do what seems possible, reasonable, or normally attainable. He has called us to do the impossible. He wants us to stretch beyond our ability, our faith, and our capacity to reason, which is our mind, our soul. He wants us to do more than we could ever imagine or dream. If you are reading this and you think that your call is attainable, it's time for an upgrade. We are not supposed to be doing what is possible. We are supposed to be doing what is impossible and outrageous. To accomplish our calling, we must put our hand in the hand of God, learning to be completely dependent on the Holy Spirit for everything. My friends, that is my call for you in 2023. And if you just receive that right now as an apostolic anointing on your life to do what is even beyond reason. <laughs> I'm laying my hand on my own head and I'm receiving that for myself and for my family. I am hoping here in 2023 to get back on Facebook. We were kind of hacked before, but I will not let the world who is trying to take down this culture to win. And so I'm trying to get back on Facebook. So look for that as well. If you could like me on Facebook, we can grow this thing even more. On YouTube, I'm asking you to subscribe there as well and be connected if you want to see my smiling face every week. And would you consider making a donation to Pushback, the podcast? You can go to pushbackculture.org and there's a place there to make a donation. This is listener supported. And I would appreciate anything that you'd be willing to do and to sow in. And most importantly, would you spread the word? Would you spread the word as these conversations start to rise up about culture, politics, uh, the way that we treat each other, the church versus the world, to say, hey, yeah, I know about a podcast that can help us get vocabulary, help us walk through these difficult times and to be the light that we were intended to be. Would you please spread the word and get others listening as well? I am so grateful because it's about impact. And my heart is that this podcast would bring impact. Forcible impact. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to connecting with you here in season number four. So now let's go together to set and shape the culture.